I grew up in Canada, as most of you realize. And my parents came to Saving Faith in Christ as adults. They were active in a liberal church that didn't have the gospel straight when they were saved. One day in elementary school, when I came home, I asked my parents a question that my teacher had asked me and our whole class. And the question I asked my parents as an elementary schooler was, what religion are we? That's what the teacher had asked in class. And my dad, I remember, said, we are Protestants. And I, as a young boy, said, what's that? He said, we're not Roman Catholics. At his development and new stages of being a born-again Christian, that was his answer. All that he said was, we're not Roman Catholics. Well, I filed that answer into my thinking, and I grew up. And as the years ensued, I, I noticed in Canada that there was quite a difference between being a Roman Catholic and being a Protestant. For instance, I saw Protestant cemeteries and Catholic cemeteries. And I studied Canada's history, and at certain points in Canada's history, there was conflict between Roman Catholics and Protestants in Canada. And in some cases, that conflict shaped the nature of our Canadian society. I found out as I observed life that there were Protestant and there were Roman Catholic funerals. I found out that there were Protestant crosses which were empty, and there were Roman Catholic crosses that still had the Lord Jesus on them. I found out there were Roman Catholic schools in Canada and there were Protestant schools in Canada. And Canadian taxpayers on their income tax return state where they want their educational taxes to go, either to Protestant church or school system or to the Roman Catholic school system. And that's where education taxes go for that taxpayer, wherever they want them to go. But they couldn't go both places. You had to pick Protestant or you had to pick Roman Catholic for where educational taxes would go. So with time, maybe an understatement would be that I learned that there was a real difference between being a Protestant and being a Roman Catholic. Further, I learned to be a Protestant meant you weren't Roman Catholic, and to be Roman Catholic meant that you weren't Protestant, and that they were different. And I also learned that being a Protestant involved a lot more than my dad said when I was little. Being Protestant involved a lot more than just not being Roman Catholic. Today is October 31st, Reformation Day. You've heard reference of that in the service already. That's because 504 years ago in Europe, a Roman Catholic monk named Martin Luther posted on October 31st, uh, 1517, he nailed 95 theses or propositions on the door of a castle in Germany, Wittenberg, the castle at Wittenberg. And Luther the monk, the Roman Catholic monk, nailed the 95 theses to the door of that castle and began a movement that soon gained momentum in the early days. And that momentum of the Protestant Reformation continues to build even now. Reformation Day marks the day that the Roman Catholic monk, Martin Luther, posted 95 theses on a door in a castle in Wittenberg, Germany, to call the Roman Catholic Church to question some of what they believed and some of what they did. He wasn't looking for a fight. 
He may or may not have put up the 95 theses when he hammered them into the castle door with anger. I suspect that he didn't because the tone of his 95 theses was incredibly humble and it had more of an academic spirit to the questions and the propositions. It was more of an invitation for the leadership of the Roman Catholic Church to enter into a dialogue about these doctrines, to talk about these things that Martin Luther had a problem with as he studied the Bible. And so he wasn't looking for a fight. He was looking for a conversation. And my hope is that this sermon will not look for any fights either. I love Roman Catholic people. Many are my friends. Some are my family. We agree to disagree in love. And Roman Catholics who are practicing what the church teaches are doing what they think is best. And so I want to say that. This sermon is not to uh, pounce on Roman Catholics in an aggressive way, but rather hopefully to engender a conversation between you and some of your loved ones or friends or coworkers that are Roman Catholic and give you a basis upon which you can talk about what is Protestantism? How is it different than Roman Catholicism? Why did Luther post those theses? What did he see were the problems? And what did he see were the truth about the scriptures relative to those particular doctrinal problems? So that's my spirit here, that we would enter into learning so that we could enter into conversing with Roman Catholic persons that we love, that we know that are with us many times in each day of our lives. The two main beliefs of the 95 Theses that Martin Luther hammered onto the castle door were these two things. You could summarize the 95 Theses with two things. Number one, he said the Bible is the only authority for faith and practice. The Bible is the only authority for faith and practice. That's the first truth of the 95 Theses. The second truth is humans may reach salvation only by faith in Christ and not by their good deeds. So the second summary truth of the 95 Theses that launched the Protestant Reformation is that humans may reach salvation only by faith in Christ and not by their good deeds. These 95 theses, as I've just said, were a list of questions for the Roman Catholic Church to answer. They were a list of propositions for leaders in the Roman Catholic Church to debate with the monk Luther if they so chose. And Martin Luther uh, posted it with this humble, inquisitive, academic spirit, not with an accusatory anger against the Roman church. So my intent is not to cause a fight with any Roman Catholic at all, but to educate us as Protestants, because we are a Protestant church, to educate us as Protestants to what we believe, how it's different than what Roman Catholics believe, and hopefully we could have a loving, purposeful, happy conversation with those who are Roman Catholic. That's very important for me to know, for me to know that you know my tone and my outlook here. Um, so my first purpose in this message is this, to explain what the Protestant Reformation was and still is, and two, to explain why the Protestant Reformation was necessary and still is necessary. 
That's, those are my two purposes. If I achieve those two things, I will have succeeded in preaching to you today. Again, purpose one, to explain what the Protestant Reformation was and is still, and two, to explain why the Protestant Reformation was and still is necessary. Okay, so here we go. I said that there were two summations of the 95 theses. Of the remaining 93 theses, they basically were summed up and wrapped up in a protest against the Roman Catholic belief and practice of priests being paid money to pray Roman Catholics out of a mid-ground between heaven and hell that they call purgatory. And so many Catholics believe that when their loved one dies, their soul and spirit go to purgatory, which is a, a halfway point between earth and heaven, and they need prayer after they've died to get out of purgatory. And so the term indulgences was one that the Roman Catholic Church coined for Roman Catholics to pay money to uh, parish priests to pray for the soul and spirit of departed ones to get out of purgatory, where they believe they were, and into heaven. And the 93 theses objected to that, said that's not scriptural, that's not biblical, that's not right. All right. Now, when we come to the Protestant Reformation and these 95 theses, one of the common overarching terms that has been coined to summarize the Protestant movement and the Protestant uh, theses of Martin Luther is the five solas. Say that with me. Five solas. Again, five solas. Okay? The five solas of Protestantism is what I want to teach you today and so you can understand the nutshell, the core, the essence of the Protestant Reformation was these five solas, all right? So let me overview the five solas first. The first is sola scriptura, Latin for by scripture alone, sola scriptura. Number two, sola, sola fide, Latin for by faith alone. Third sola, sola gratia, by grace alone. Then the fourth sola, solus Christus, in Latin, by Christ alone. And then the fifth sola, soli Deo Gloria, glory to God alone. So those are the five solas that if someone asked you, what does it mean to be a Protestant and not a Roman Catholic, you would say there are five solas. We believe the scriptures teach that it's scripture alone, which is authoritative, that it's faith alone that gets you the gift of salvation, that it's grace alone that gives you the gift of salvation, that it's Christ alone that gives you the gift of salvation, and that all of it is by God's glory and none other. No one other gets glory but, but God. Those are the five Sola. So let me quickly unpack them with you, one by one. First, sola scriptura, Latin for by scripture alone. Of course, our belief that the Bible teaches about itself, that the Bible is divinely inspired, is the bedrock basis of Protestants believing in sola scriptura. We believe that the Bible has the ultimate authority for faith and practice over any church's tradition because the Bible has been God-breathed. It has been God-given. It's God's book. It's God's writing. 
Two New Testament verses that teach us about the inspiration of Scripture would be 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, which reads, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. The term inspiration there is God-breathed and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Why? That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. That verse is saying, because God has breathed the Old and the New Testaments as the Bible, that it is profitable, and it's profitable for doctrine. Let me follow the, the words of this kind of these two verses. Doctrine means th- the right path. But it's also proper for reproof. The Bible can be used to say, hey, you're off the right path. It's also profitable for instruction. It says, here's how you get back on the right path of Scripture. And then it's profitable for instruction in righteousness. That is, the Bible says, here's how you stay on the right path that the Bible reveals. Because God inspired the Bible, we believe, then we have sola scriptura because It's the authority of the scriptures alone, not a church, not an individual person, but the Bible. Another inspiration of scripture verses 2 Peter 1, 20 and 21. Knowing this, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but by holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. This means that When the Bible was inspired, 40 different authors who wrote the Old and the New Testaments, 40 different authors were moved by the Holy Spirit to write Scripture using their education, using their personality, using their temperament, but God wrote what they wrote. And that divine belief in divine inspiration is why we as Protestants say it's sola scriptura, by Scripture alone. Let's move on. That means that we Protestants do not believe that any church's traditions or councils or clergy can make the same claims as the Bible makes for itself. Now, you may be wondering, well, in what way do Roman Catholics give authority to church tradition over the Bible? Let me give you a few common examples. Here's some well-known examples of how the Roman Catholic Church teaches her people that the church's traditions and the pope's pronouncements and councils of the Roman Catholic Church in history take precedent in authority over the Bible. Okay, ready? Here's some examples. There is a belief in the Roman Church of apostolic succession. That means that Catholics believe that Peter was the first pope and that all the subsequent popes have been granted Peter's authority. Then, out of that comes a Roman Catholic belief that the pope is incapable of error, that he is infallible. That Another tradition of the church that's raised above scripture is that Roman Catholics are taught and told to go to confession to a human priest, to confess their sins in a confessional booth to a human priest. Transubstantiation. In the Roman Catholic churches around the world today, there's mass, and the priest is believed to pray over the wafer and the, and the wine and make it actually Christ's body, the wafer, and Christ's blood, the wine. They go so far with this is that they have a 
a separate drain if there's any wine left over after the priest has made it Christ's blood. It has a separate drain that goes not into the sewage drainage system that's regular, but a separate place. See, that's church tradition. We don't believe that the elements of communion actually become the body and the blood of Christ. They are symbols, we believe. Or uh, the Roman Catholic Church makes certain Roman Catholic persons saints. We believe that all believers are saints. Or the Roman Catholic requirement not to eat meat, but instead to eat only fish or vegetables or grains every Friday. Church tradition. Or their view that certain books between Malachi, the end of the Old Testament, and Matthew, the beginning of the New Testament, called the apocryphal books, are scripture. We do not see it that way because we see doctrines in those apocryphal books that contradict doctrines in the non-debated books, 66 books of the Bible. Church tradition, this whole belief in purgatory is a Roman Catholic church tradition. The encouragement that Catholics are given to pray to the Virgin Mary or to pray to certain saints, church tradition. The practice of indulgences where people still are paying priests to pray for their loved one's soul who they believe is in prison almost, in purgatory, not in heaven. A celibate priesthood, a priesthood that cannot marry, church tradition. And in certain cases, the Roman Catholic Church believes that a pope, in certain cases, not at all time, but in certain cases when he speaks ex cathedra, they call it, is actually speaking as God. We don't believe that. Current Pope Francis has created a lot of controversy in the Roman Catholic Church and in the world at large. I'll get to some of that in a moment. So the first sola is sola scriptura. As Protestants, we believe the only authority for life and faith is the Bible, not church tradition. Second sola is sola fide, by faith alone. We believe the only way to be saved is by having faith, not good works. We believe that saving faith, furthermore, is only properly placed on the Lord Jesus Christ and his person and his work on the cross. So we as Protestants do not believe that any church, including our church, saves from sin and hell. Only faith in Christ does that. I love that passage that that uh, records what happened to one of the thieves who was dying on the flank of the Lord Jesus' cross. Luke 23, 39 to 43. Then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed Christ, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then that, that criminal said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. That's faith. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Will you know, may I point out the obvious? This man was nailed to a cross that exhibited faith in Christ. He couldn't make restitution. He couldn't confess sin to any priest. He couldn't join a synagogue. He couldn't make any good work. He was nailed to a cross, but he exhibited faith in a sinless, divine Savior on the cross beside him, 
And Jesus said to him, because of his faith, assuredly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Sola fide, by faith alone. Now, I have some other scriptures if you're taking notes. You want to look up Philippians 3, 8 and 9, Romans 3, 21 and 26, and Galatians 2, 15 to 3, 14. I don't have time to expand on those, but they're very worthwhile reading. That would be Philippians 3, 8 and 9, Romans 3, 21 and 26, Galatians 2, 15 to 3, 14. They all stress faith in Christ, belief in Christ plus nothing to make us justified before God. So let me ask you this. Think with me. If, if a Catholic priest's prayer can get a deceased Catholic out of a Roman Catholic church-created purgatory and into heaven, then he doesn't or she doesn't get to heaven by faith alone because instead... It was the bereaved family's faith and money. It was the priest's faith and his special prayers that they believe got the person out of purgatory and into heaven. That is not sola fide, faith alone. That's attributing to a dead person who can't have faith by a priest's prayer or by his family's money for the priest to pray that that can get that person out of purgatory. The Bible doesn't teach that. So we've seen the first sola, sola scriptura. We've seen the second sola, sola fide. And now the third sola, uh, sola gratia, by grace alone. Grace, acronym G-R-A-C-E, grace. Gods are riches, A, at, C, Christ. E, expense. Grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. Grace is getting the riches and the righteousness of Jesus Christ, which we don't deserve. We believe we're saved by grace. Amen? Not our good works. We are Protestants. We believe in grace alone. Sola gratia. Now, some of you know well, because maybe you came out of Catholicism or you have loved ones who are still in it, that the Roman Catholic Church has seven sacraments. What do they believe about these seven sacraments? Well, they believe, quote, for believers, the sacrament of the new covenant, the sacrament of, sacraments, plural, of the new covenant are necessary for salvation. Did you hear that? They believe that the seven sacraments are necessary for salvation Although not all are necessary for every individual. End of quote. So that kind of makes it confusing. When you have it confusing, that's how you get a purgatory. So, what are the seven sacraments of the Roman Catholic Church? Baptism, baby, infant. Confirmation around 12 years of age, Roman Catholic children go to a catechism class with a priest and they can confess the basic tenets of the Roman Catholic faith and they're confirmed as Roman Catholics. Third, Eucharist, going to the Mass where they believe the priest makes the wafer and the wine into the body and the blood of Christ, literally. Reconciliation, or it's also called penance, or it's also called confession. 
that a Roman Catholic would discipline themselves to go to a priest. They would hope weekly to confess personal sins to the priest in the confessional booth. Number five, sacrament, anointing the sick. It's also called last rites, where a priest is called in to minister to a Catholic who is near death. Holy orders, this is a sacrament to do with ordaining uh, Roman Catholic bishops and priests and deacons. And matrimony or marriage, these are the seven sacraments of the Roman Catholic Church. And remember, they say of these sacraments, for believers, the sacraments of the new covenant are necessary for salvation. Although not all are necessary for every individual, end of quote. And so this is not sola gratia. This is not by grace alone. This is by certain works that are prescribed for the parishioner. The fourth sola is solus Christus. Solus Christus is Latin for by Christ alone. We believe as Protestants that we get to heaven by Christ alone. We get the forgiveness of our sins by Christ alone. Our hope for our eternity is by Christ alone. We believe that the Lord Jesus Christ in his person and his work done on the cross are the only way to God and to his heaven. We believe Jesus' words near the time of the cross, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Thomas said, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? And listen to what Jesus said. I am the way and the truth and the life. Listen, Jesus said, no one comes to the Father except through me. That's clear. That's, that is solus Christus. Now, Roman Catholic Church doctrine has taught that the Virgin Mary has a part to play in a person's being saved. They have said that they believe that she is a co-redemptrix, that is a co-redeemer with Jesus. We need what Jesus did for us on the cross, and we need what the Virgin Mary does for us by way of intercession and prayer to be saved. We don't believe that because it's not solus Christus by Christ alone. But neither is something shocking, which the current Pope Francis is recorded by CNN to have said in late May of 2013, and I quote, the Pope said, the Lord has redeemed all of us, all of us with the blood of Christ, all of us, not just Catholics, everyone, And then someone asked him from the audience, Father Atheist, Pope, even the atheists, everyone, we must meet one another doing good. Again from the crowd, but I don't believe, Father, I am an atheist, Pope, but do good, we will meet one another there, end of quote, he meant heaven. (laughs) that certainly is not solus Christus by Christ alone, is it? 
In fact, what that is, is no need to believe in Christ at all entry into heaven, which is an age-old lie of universalism that everybody gets to heaven, that if you are human and have a pulse and you die, then you go to heaven. That's not what the Bible teaches. And I'm hasten to say that most Roman Catholics wouldn't believe that statement by their pope either if you ask them. It's so controversial. What happened there was a fallible human reinterpreted and altered an unalterable Bible to make it to say what he wanted it to say. And so we come to the last of the five solas. It is soli deo gloria. Soli deo gloria in Latin means glory to God alone. Glory to God alone. We Protestants believe that no one and no other church, not our church either, deserves God's glory. God's glory is God's alone. That's what we believe. We believe the scriptures teach that God's glory belongs to God alone, not to a church, not to a Christian. God's glory belongs to God alone. And yet there have been some surprising statements in Roman Catholic literature, and I will read you just one and I will quote it. This is cutting against all glory being to God. Listen carefully. This is a quote from S.C. Masna, Storia della Dominica, 1969, pages 36 and 36, uh, sorry, 366 and 367. This is a quote. Not the creator of the universe in Genesis 2, 1 to 3. The Catholic Church can claim the honor of having granted man a pause to his work every seven days. End of quote. That Catholic scholar is saying that Roman Catholics should give the honor for a Sabbath rest in a week, not to the Creator, but to the Roman Church. That's serious. That's blasphemy. It's not solely Deo Gloria. We strongly disagree. And that we would believe the scriptures teach that all glory is God's alone, that he shares his glory with no one except he decides to let us reflect his glory. That fact totally lines up with the five solas, that it's only God who gets the glory, right? I mean, it's totally a logical demand if we believe the five solas that we would give all the glory to God and not to ourselves or any church. I mean, sola scriptura, which God wrote. Sola fide, the God is the only one to put one's faith in. Sola gratia, grace dispensed by God since we can't merit salvation ourselves. Solus Christus, the Son of God being the only way to heaven. Soli Deo Gloria. It all, solo Deo Gloria is the ribbon on top of the other four solas. It's the only thing you can write on the package of the other four preceding solas is to God be the glory and only to God. We have nothing to do with our salvation. This church has nothing to do with your salvation. God has done it all. God is doing it all. God will complete it all. 
It's God. And so we are Protestants. And my prayer is that we will sanctify this truth that you have learned and heard today into your mind and your heart and that you won't pounce on any Roman Catholic you know. You won't be aggressive. You won't be argumentative. But you will be prayerful. And may there be a conversation you can have. Maybe you could start as simply as this over lunch with your coworker. Do you know what it means to be Protestant? Give him the five solas. Or you could ask them, when I tell you these five solas, I'd like to know what you think about them, given you know, your upbringing in the church. Very interesting conversations. And may we be like Luther, who stood on the truth, dared to tell the truth, but didn't get cantankerous and ugly and mean. He wanted a civilized, gentlemanly conversation, debate, about these theological things. May that be how we see this information. Thank you for your good attention. You're really listening today. And I thank the Lord he gave me voice. I didn't cough. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> let's, let's just finish with, with the idea of soli deo gloria, Romans 11, 33 to 36. Listen to this benediction. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who can become his counselor? Or who is first given to him that shall be repaid to him? For of him and through him and to him are all things. To whom be glory forever. Amen. Oh, Lord, thank you. This Reformation Sunday that a monk named Martin Luther was right and that the Bible is the only authority for faith and practice, and that humans may reach salvation only by faith in Christ and not in their good deeds. Help us to truly love and to better love the Roman Catholics who are in our lives. May we have biblical and theological conversations with these open hearts and minds. This morning we worship you, Father, that your word clearly teaches all five of the solas of Protestantism. And because it does, that settles it. We believe it. We are Protestants. Help us to live in the light of the Protestant Reformation's five solas. And Lord, if there be anyone in the sound of my voice who isn't giving Scripture alone authority or faith alone merit or grace alone the basis of salvation or Christ alone the way to God, Lord, may these who may have religion, who may have head knowledge, who may have history in the church, even history in this church, may this be a day of salvation. When they listen to the word alone, when they understand the beauty of faith alone, by grace alone, in Christ alone to be saved. Heavenly Father, we pray these things in Jesus, our wonderful, precious Savior's name. Amen.